All right, so we're doing uh, Dape, and let's see where we're exactly we're starting from. We're starting from the Bey Rebbe Shmuel Tana, one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine lines, ten lines down on Hayam and Aleph. So what are we talking about? So we're talking about that uh, everybody agrees that on a Daraisa level, Chametz is forbidden on uh, Erev Pesach in the afternoon. It's not only during the seven days of Pesach that Chametz is also, but already on Erev Pesach in the afternoon, it's also. But the there's a thing we saw our mayor and review to say even an hour or two before Chatzos, you're not allowed to have Chametz. But everybody agrees on a Daraisa level, it's the afternoon of Erev Pesach, which is also. So we're trying to figure out, well, how do we know that? So we saw that there's a, a, a strange Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Ach bayom erishon that it's on the first day of Pesach that Tashbisu, that you get rid of the Sa'ar. So the first approach that we saw yesterday in the Gemara was it can't mean literally the first day of Pesach because on the other hand, there's a Pasuk that says you can't have it the whole seven days. And we know that that seven days begins even from the nighttime of the 15th because it has a hackish to, the, to, 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 to eating the matzah, which is by Erev Tokhul Matzah on the night. So if you put the two together, we know that you can't have Chametz already from the beginning of Pesach. And if the Torah is saying, Ach Yom HaRishon Tashbisu, by Yom HaRishon must mean the day before Pesach. That must be just like uh, our powers of deduction. And since the Torah used the word Ach, we put it right in the middle of the day. It's a qualifying word, so we put it right in the middle of the day. And that's how we derive the Erev Pesach at Chatzos, that's the Zman, that you can't have Chametz. That was the first approach that we saw yesterday. So now we're going to see different approaches to this today. So the Gemara says, Debe Rabbi Yishmael Tana. Rabbi Yishmael, uh, there's a yeshiva from Rabbi Yishmael that is producing a different, a different, a different price. And it says, Matzinu Yedal What's so complicated? We find in the Torah that the Torah clearly is referring to the Yedalit and it calls it Rishon. Meaning you have this Pasuk that says, Achba Yomar Rishon. And you're trying to figure out if it means the first day of the holiday or if it means the 14th. I'll show you from a different Pasuk that clearly the, uh, the 14th is called the Rishon. Shinemar by Rishon, Be'arba also Yom HaChodesh. So there the Torah is talking about bringing the carbon Pesach. And it says, Barishon, Be'arba also. Now, what's the Pshito Shomikra? Pshito Shomikra, it's not much of an, a drasha at all. The Pasuk saying Barishon in the first month. That doesn't mean anything. But the Gemara is making a real drasha here. Barishon, that it is the day that is called the Rishon, the 14th day of the month. Where do we see that the 14th day of the month is called the Rishon? The answer is because of the other Pasuk, So what we're doing is we're showing that the Yom HaRishon Tashpisu Sa'ar, the Yom HaRishon is like this day, So you don't need any contradiction. The Torah said don't have it for seven days, and the Torah also said get rid of it on the first day. Stam. It's very simple. We know that the 14th day is called the Rishon. And it's famously like took out of the Gemara, they're like, Really, in a certain regard, the beginning of the holiday is Erev Pesach. That's like the concept that really is behind all these drushas. Barishon on the first of the holiday. The first of the holiday of Pesach really is the 14th. So that's a second, a second drush. Says the Gemara, third one. Rav Nachman Yitzchak Amar, Rishon Demei Karam Ashma. So Rav Nachman Yitzchak is, is going to get us into a lot of problems. But he's suggesting that we, that we have to re- recheck our grammar. Because the Pasuk says, Harishon, Right? He's saying that this idea of Harishon doesn't mean the first of, it means the day before. Bayom Harishon, on the day that was before, that's when you get rid of the Chametz. So for seven days you can't have Chametz, that's one Pasuk. Ach Bayom Harishon Tashbisu means because the day before, Bayom Harishon, the day that was first to these seven, meaning the day before these seven, you have to rid yourself of Chametz. So that's a big Chiddush in translating the words. And where do we see 
that grammatically the word Harishon means the day before. To Amar Kra, we have a Pasuk in of Harishon Adam Tulat. Was anyone burned, was, was any person, was any human being Rishon to Adam Harishon? Meaning, was anybody born prior to Adam Harishon? So in that context, I see Harishon meaning prior. So to hear by Yom Harishon Tashbisu Sa'ar means the first prior to Pesach. So the Gemara, come on, that's from Nachmar Yitzhak Shrasha. So then now the Gemara jumps all over him from other places in the Torah where it doesn't seem that Harishon means the day before, it means the first of. So where do we see? The Gemara looks at the Pasuk of taking a lulav. The Pasuk says, What's the language? By Yom Harishon. So there, what does it mean? The first day of the holiday. Why don't you say the same thing? By Yom Harishon means the day before. An Arab sukkah should be the mitzvah to take the lulav and esrog. So the Gemara tries to defend itself. It's written in conjunction with the mitzvah of Lulav that you should be happy in front of Hashem for seven days, which is a reference to Lulav. So if I say for seven days, just as the seventh day is the seventh day of the holiday, so too the first day is meant to be the first day of the holiday. So therefore, by Yom HaRishon, that you should take the Lulav, we just know that that can't be Erev because then it would turn out that there are eight days that I'm taking that that I'm taking the uh, taking the lulav. So there we know harishon doesn't mean the day before. But over here where it just says ach by yom harishon are indeed it means the day before. So the Gemara says, but you can make that same kind of drasha here as well. Ach anamik siv ach by yom harishon tashbisu shivas yomim matzos tochelu. You could do the same exact thing here. It says ach by yom harishon tashbisu, and then it says shivas yomim matzos tochelu. So you can make the same thing. Just as the Shivas Yama Matzos Tochelu, the Shvi Shvi Lachag, so too by Yom Rishon, the Yom Rishon is a part of the Chag. So if that's a drasha from the Smachim of Shalakechem by, by, by Sokis, that's how we know that Rishon meant the first of the holiday, not the day preceding the holiday, then you could do the same thing here by Pesach. Shivas Yama Matzos Tochelu, just as the Shvi Shvi Lachag, so to the Rishon is Rishon Lachag, and Harishon doesn't mean the day before, it means the first of the seventh. So the Gemara says, you know what it is? You're right. It could have just said Rishon without the hay. Why is the Torah writing the hay? It comes to show us, it's like we said, that Harishon means the day preceding. So what the Gemara is trying to do now is concede that Rishon unto itself doesn't prove the day before. But if it said Harishon here, Harishon, it means the day preceding. The Gemara says, that gets us nowhere. Harishon Lamali. There's a hey also over there, and by Lulav, it said the same thing, so clearly the hey is not, is, not, is not a demonstration that we mean the day before. What should we say with ah? Before we're using the word ah to split the day in two. Got it. I don't know. The Gemara doesn't, is not with that. In other words, first of all, it seems like we want to figure out what the day of Yom Rishon is. The Gemara is struggling. Is it the first of the seven or the day before? So what the Gemara is attempting to say is that the hay says that it's Harishon the day before. But the Gemara is saying, Lulav, you have the same thing. The two, and furthermore, Hasam Dechseh, by Yom Rishon Shabbason, by Yom Hashmini Shabbason. Yom Rishon Demei Karam Ashma. Right? We have a Pasuk that's talking about the Isra Malacha. So it's talking about the Isra Malacha of Sukkot, right? So it's saying that you have the first day you have to refrain from doing work and the eighth day you have to refrain from doing work. So why don't you say the same thing that just as over here we're saying Rishon means the day before, so to there maybe Harishon means the day before and Erev of the holiday should be also in Malacha. So another question. Now another question on our drasher. Nachman is like saying Rishon means the day before. So so too maybe about the Isra Malacha when it says Bayoma Rishon Shabbos and it means you, you have to refrain from Malacha on the Erev Chag. 
Says the Gemara, no, shiny awesome. That's not a question. It says, don't do it on the first and don't do it on the eighth. Just as eighth clearly is the eighth of the holiday, after reaching the Chag, so too, so too it's the first of the holiday. And if you're going to ask, what's the hay doing there? If the first means the first of the holiday, not the day before the holiday, then what is the hay? The answer is, the hay is coming to say that it's only the first and the eighth, which are also, but not, it's like an exclusionary letter, but not chol ha-moed. Chol ha-moed is mutter in asiyas melacha. So it's an interesting thing. It sounds like we would have said that chol ha-moed was aser, and the Torah says, hey, so it's not. So the Gemara jumps on that. Why would you think chol ha-moed is aser in asiyas melacha? Chol ha-moed may reach in mishmini nafka. If Hashem said, don't do melacha on day one, and don't do melacha on day eight. Why would somebody in their right mind think that you can't do it on two through seven? There's no reason to think that way. So you don't have to write the hey to tell me you don't do it on chol ha-moed. So the Gemara says, no, 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 it's a decent havamina. It's drich, it was necessary. You might think to say, hold the Kazar Achmana by Yom Hashimini. It says with a vav. It says, don't do it by Yom Harishon. And on the eighth day. So I would say, Vav Mosef al Inyon Rishon. The Vav is like a chibor that adds on to what was said about day one. And it really, it's coming to tell me that it's really day one through day eight. I would have seen that all in the Vav HaMosef. So I would have said, Cholamoid was Aser, Kamash Malan. So therefore, I need the Torah to write the Vav. So we're saying, really, Bayom Rishon in that context has to mean the first day of the holiday because it says it in conjunction with Bayom Hashmini. I, why does it say Harishon if usually Harishon? Shown in the case the day before the Chag, but Tarot says Hari Shon is really coming to exclude Cholamoid. Why would I think Cholamoid is also? The answer is because it says Vav, that would make me think it's also. So that's why I'd have to say the Hey to tell me that it's not also. So the Gemara asks a very simple question. If it, the reason I thought Cholamoid was also is because it said a Vav. That's why I needed the Hey to tell me not. Don't write a Vav and then don't write the Hey. Just write Bayoma Rishon, Bayoma Shmini is also in Malacha. Don't write the Vav and don't write, and then I wouldn't need the Hey. So we're kind of back stuck because. We're, we're seeing these places, according to Rav Nachman Yislach, the grammar of Harishon means the day before. That's what he's telling us by Tashbisu. We're getting stuck. First of all, we got stuck from Sukkot. We got from, from, from taking Lulav. We kind of got stuck with that. And second of all, we're, now we're looking at this other thing with the Isra Malacha, where it also said by Yom Harishon. And clearly it can't mean the day before because it's also said by Yom HaShmini, just as Shmini, Shmini, the Chag, so to Rishon, Rishon, the Chag, and still there's a hey. So we don't really know what to do with ourselves. So we're stuck at two problems. Now the Gemara brings another problem. Vitu and furthermore, Hasam Dechzev, Bayom Rishon Mekar Kodesh Yelachem, Rishon Demekari, Rishon Demekari, Mashma, the same, another question. This is the Isser Siyas Malacha from Pesach, right? Bayom Rishon Mekar Kodesh Yelachem. So the same thing, are you going to say that that means the day before? So basically, what, we, what have we done? What we have done is shown three other places in the Torah where it says Harishon, and it does not mean the day before. So I know there was a lot of drushes back and forth there, but to summarize what we have, we have a very simple thing taking place. Rav Nachman Yitzchak is saying that our Pasuk of Tashbisu, Ach Bayom Harishon Tashbisu, the word Harishon means the day before Pesach. Let's just read the words with the grammar, you'll figure that out. Bayom Harishon means the day before Pesach. The Gemara has shown three other places in the Torah where it also uses the word Harishon, and it does not mean that. It means the first of, not the day before. That's to summarize what our problem is. So the Gemara answers, Ella, rather, meaning the Gemara is going to address that problem. You're, you're right. Normally, 
Harishon is like Rav Nachman Yisrael means the day before. There, those Rishons, the reason even, it doesn't mean the day before is because the word Rishon is coming to tell me a drash of Tanah Bishmal. Bishmal. Rishon. It was in the merit of the three Rishons, Zachur Lishlosha Rishon, that Klal Yisrael merited to the three Rishons. In the reward of keeping three Rishons, we merit to, to, to have three Rishons. What are these three Rishons? The Hakras Zara Shal Esav, we merit to destroy the children of Esav, Lebinyan Beis Amikdash, Ulishmo Shal Mashiach. Where do we see that these three things are called Rishon? The Hakras Zara Shal Esav, the destruction of the descents of Esav, the Siv, by Yitzay Harishon Admoni. When it talks about Esav's birth, it's called Harishon. Kuloka Darasayar. Fine. So that's it's in order to reference that Harishon, so so too the Torah wrote. Um, like, 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 just to pick one, the taking of the lulav is Okay, so that's what it's a reference to. The reason why we don't say harishon means take it the day before Sukkot is because it's coming to correspond to the harishon that's said there. So again, the Torah says harishon about the binyan b'samikdash. So we have basically three great things that are referred to as being the rishon. So in order to reference that, it's we're going to get these three great things happening: the destruction of Mashiach, the binyan b'sam, uh, the, the becoming of Mashiach, the destruction of b'sam mikdash, and the destruction of Zarashal Esav, where it all says Rishon, the Torah writes by three times Harishon. They correspond that if we're going to do these things, observe the Sukkot and, and, and the holidays, and refrain from the Malach on the holidays, we're going to get those three things. That's why Harishon over there doesn't mean the day before the holiday. Masha'inkin, the fourth Harishon, the Rishon, which is said by us, Ach, by Yom Harishon, Tashbisu Sa'ar, there, that's just a random extra Harishon. And therefore, what do we do? We say it means the day before Pesach. Now, obvious kasha with this is how do we know which one is number four versus number three? You have three Rishons, we're going to get the merit of three great things. So we're saying they correspond to three times in the Torah where it says Harishon. But really, there's an extra one, and the extra one just is coming to say the day before. We conveniently say the number, the extra one, is the one that we want, the one about Chametz, and we say, means the day before Pesach. How do we know? Maybe that one, or maybe just arbitrarily we should say, really, Lulav is the extra one. Lulav, you take on Arab Pesach. Now, Rishon Tashbizu means you on the first day of Pesach. So Tosos is very bothered by this. But ultimately, it's a very interesting question. There's a very interesting answer. But this Pasuk is not written together with the other ones. All of the other Harishons that we brought are all in Parsha's Emar, in the Parsha of the Holidays. Our Pasuk, Akba Yom Harishon Tashbizu, is like, it's like in its own island. You know, it's like this random Pasuk and Parsha's bow, separate from the other. So there, they're like grouped together, the three Harishons. Whereas by us, it's a random Pasuk of Harishon. So by us, we're sticking to our grammar. Harishon, Akba Yom Harishon Tashbizu Sami Batecha means in the day before Pesach, you should destroy Hamas. That's simply the translation of the word Harishon. Whereas over there, within the Parsha of the holidays, we're trying to bring out this idea that keeping the holidays brings the merit of the destruction of Esau, the Binyan Beis HaMikdash, and the coming of Mashiach. So there, the three Harishons are referencing that. That's ultimately the end of the answer of, of, of Nachman Bar Yitzchak. So after all is said and done, what's his answer? One simple point. Harishon grammatically means the day before. Ah, you're going to bring me a bunch of other places where it doesn't seem like that? There's Joshua's we'll make. Homiletical things will darshan, which is that in the merit of the Rishons, we'll, 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 we'll get the Rishons. Okay, so that's the conclusion. Rav Nachman Yitzchak source, Harishon means the day before. Oh, now the Gemara moves on to a different source. Again, what are we looking for? A source that Chametz is Asar on Erev HaPesach after Chatzos. Rav Amar Mehacha comes from here. There's a lav in the Torah. Parshas Mishpatim. Lo sishchat al Chametz dam zivchi. What does that mean? Don't shecht with Chametz the blood of my carbon. 
So the Pasuk is saying that when you shech the carbon Pesach, you can't have chametz. You shech the carbon Pesach when Erev Pesach in the afternoon. So when you shech the carbon Pesach, it's forbidden to have chametz. So there's a law in the Torah not to have chametz when you shech. So what are we saying? That's how we know chametz is also in the afternoon. How do you know that that's a universal time that you can't have chametz in the afternoon? That's a din. Each person, whenever they go chef, they can't have chametz. Let's say one person chefing at 5.30 in the afternoon. So at 5.30, he can't have chametz. Another person chefed at 2.30. For him, when he chefs at 2.30, he can't have chametz. How do we take out from there that there's a din that chametz can't be had in the afternoon? It just depends when you're chefing. We're saying there's a din, no matter when you're chefing, that's the halacha, you can't have, you can't have chametz in the afternoon. This is the makar. This should just be a makar that, that, that whenever you go shecht in the afternoon, you can't have chametz. So the Gemara says, Zman shechita amar achmana. No, it doesn't make sense like that. It makes more sense that the Torah doesn't mean actually when you shecht, that's when you can't have chametz. The Torah is saying during the time that one could shecht, you can't have chametz. So it sounds like from our Gemara and Dafhe that the actual pshat in the Pasuk isn't when you, have, when, you, when you go to Shech, make sure you don't have chametz. The pshat in the Pasuk really is during the Zman Shechitas HaPesach, which starts potentially in the afternoon, from that moment it's already Aser and chametz. And like, well, the biggest proof is the Gemara is saying this, even if there's no Beis HaMikdash, no one's bringing a carbon Pesach or nothing. It's not, there's a din. In the Zman HaShechita, there cannot be a chametz and it has nothing to do with you personally going ahead and doing that Vodah. That's what it seems like. Tosis is very bothered because later on in the Masechta we're going to learn that there actually is a specific Isser for people who get specific Malchus for Shechting when they personally own Chametz. Like, a, it is connected to this man of the Shechita, when they're personal Shechita. It sounds like from our Gemara not that way, that it's just like a, almost like a simon that Hashem is saying in the Zman when the carbon could be brought, the Isser already starts to have Chametz. But that is what the Gemara sounds like here. Tanya says the Gemara Nami... Yes, that's what it sounds like. So Tosa is very good. This is a very good question. Is it really chatzos? Don't we know it says amount of, 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 that we always know that you have to do it after the carbon tummit, first of all. So the carbon tummit takes a little bit of time. Good question. And second of all, even the carbon tummit itself, you have to wait a half an hour. We know Mincha Gadol, we wait a half an hour. We're not sure exactly what the precise amount is. So practically, you couldn't really shaft it at chatzos. Yet the Isser Chamech is mamish at the second of chatzos. So Tosa is bothered by that. Ultimately, we basically say, it's the etzim v'zman that it could happen. That's basically what we end up saying. Okay? All right. So continues the b'raish. We see like this in the b'raish. This pasuk me'erev yantif really means before yantif. Oh, maybe someone will say it means you do it on the first day of yantif. That is the b'raish. The source like Rabbi Yishmael, which is a proof to the way Rava darshaned. Comes along, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, Omer, and now we're going to learn another source in the Torah that it means the day before, not the first day of the holiday. Harehu Omer, Ach by Yomarishon, Tashbizu Zami Batechem. It says by Yomarishon, Uchsev, Komalach, Losasu. It can't mean Malacha, it can't mean the first day of Pesach, because there's a lav in the Torah to do Malacha on Pesach. The Umatzinul Havarashi Av Malacha. Making a fire, burning something is. An Av Malacha, is it not? So if somebody thinks that Bayom Rishon means that the first day of Pesach they should burn their chametz, they should get rid of their chametz, they're going to have a big problem. They're going to be doing a Malacha. Must be that Tashbisu Bayom Rishon does not mean the first day of Pesach. So, this is a very interesting one. Rabbi Akiva's Makar. 
The Torah said, We're not sure if that means the first day of the holiday or the day before. We keep saying it has to mean the day before. Because the first day of the holiday, how would you be able to do Tashbisu? Burning is usher. That's Rabbi Akiva's point. The Gemara will analyze that, so hold off on Rabbi Akiva, but that's his point. So it's so, totally separate Makar. Comes along Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi Omer, and I think this is what you were talking about with the word Ah. Rabbi Yossi Omer, you know what? I'm going to show you how you know it's the first day, how you know it's the first the day before. It has to mean Erev Yantif. Maybe it's Yantif. The Torah said Ah. Whatever Yom Rishon is, it's only part of the day. It said Ah by Yom Rishon. The Ibi Yantif Atma Mishari. If it would be Yantif itself, would it be Matur? We know that it's already from the beginning of the day that you can't have comments. So how could it be that the Torah is saying this by Yom Rishon, Ach by Yom Rishon, that on a part of the day you can't have chametz, if by Yom Rishon is the first day of the holiday, that wouldn't make sense. Must be that by Yom Rishon means Erev Pesach, and Ach by Yom Rishon means only the latter half of the day. Now let me ask you a question for clarity. This is important in the clarity. We've had, I think now, is this five or six sources uh, for this whole thing? Is this last source different than the one we learned yesterday? What did we learn yesterday? That we had a problem. The Torah said, don't have chametz the whole week. Oh, but it also says by Yomarishon Tashbisu. Stira, if, you, if you're getting rid of it on the first day, I thought you can't have it already in the onset of the seven days. Teretz is, by Yomarishon means the day before. Is the Gemara saying the same thing again? Doesn't sound like it. Sounds like the little nuance different. By Yomarishon, it says, ach, that only part of the Yomarishon, a part of the day is Aser. So it can't mean the first day because we know that it's also right away in the beginning of the first day. But had it not been for the word ach, it sounds like Rabbi Yossi would be fine with having by Yom HaRishon mean the first day of the holiday. Why? Wasn't that what we started off with? Like, it doesn't seem to make sense. If Hashem said, don't have chametz right away in the beginning of the seven days, even if the Torah didn't say the word ach, didn't say it, but it still would say by Yom HaRishon Tashbisu. So how could that be if I'm getting rid of it on sometime on the first day, that means I already had it on the first day. That's what we said yesterday. Today we're saying no, it's only because it said the word ach. Zot Rashi, and this is a Gavaldagi Yisoy, that they're arguing about what Tashbisu means. Does Tashbisu mean a mitzvah to get rid of? Or does Tashbisu mean passive, don't have? Tashbisu, until now we've been assuming it means get rid of, do something to get rid of it. So even without the word ach, if the Torah said, you can't have it for seven days. And the Torah says, get rid of it on the first day. That's a contradiction. Besides for the word, ah. Rabbi Yossi doesn't look at Tashbisu as, as, a, as a din, go get rid of. He looks at Tashbisu as a passive din. You must not have. So the, the timeline itself is not a contradiction. You can't have chametz for seven days. And on the first day, you may not have. Gavaldic, there's no contradiction. The contradiction is that the Torah said the word, ah that it's only on part of the first day that you may not have. That's a contradiction to the fact that the Torah said the whole seven days you can't have. That's how we know it's before. So what, exactly. It's, and that's exactly an afkimim. And Chastinok says that it comes out that, we, that, that we're arguing whether we should look at Tashbisu as a mitzvah or as an isra essay. It's exactly what he says. According to what the approach before that Tashbisu is active, go get rid of. And that was just a contradiction. How can you tell me go get rid of it if I can't have it? Right? Which one is it? So, 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 so that's a mitzvah's essay of Tashbisu. Whereas Rabbi Yossi's approach isn't looking at it as a mitzvah's essay. It's just in addition to the law of not to have chametz, there's an iser essay of Tashbisu that you may not have chametz. That's a machlokes tatanam. Okay. Now the Gemara, okay, so we're done with the sources. We got ourselves five or six sources. We're good to go. You can't have chametz in the afternoon. Now the Gemara analyzes further. Amar Rabbah. Shema minamid Rabbi Akiva class. Remember which one was Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva said, how could it be day one 
can't be day one because the Torah said Tashvisu. It's usher to burn on, on Yantin. We see from Rabbi Akiva three things. First of all, he's defining Tashvisu as burning. Who told him that? Maybe Tashvisu means scattering to the wind, throwing into the sea. That's not usher on Yantin. Sounds like Rabbi Akiva holds, we're going to learn later on, it's Machlokas Tanon, that Tashvisu must be burning. Fine. Point number one. Rashi learns that if you saw his language, he said Havar is an Av Malacha. Av Malacha implies it's like it's a real bad thing. Now we know of a Machlokas Tanam from Masecha Shabbos. The Torah says in the Pasuk in Vayaka, Lo Sivar So why did the Torah say Lo Sivar Eshbachamosh It didn't say every other Malacha. So one opinion says, you know why? Havar is not really so bad. It's a plain lav. It's only a lav. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not the full severity of Kares and, 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 and Misa, so on and so forth. The other opinion says, no, Havara is written lachalik to show that even if you just do one malacha, you're over even though you haven't done any more. Someone without that would say, maybe you're only chayv if you do all 39. So those are the two approaches why Hashem said Havara. So if we see from here, from the fact that we call Havara an av malacha, we see that Havara is not a downgraded weak thing, but that, that would only be a lav. Rather, we see Havara is lachalik. According to Rashi, the Gemara's proof is just from the language. We said, matzinu lahavara shi av malacha which implied Havar is like one of the 39 in all of its strength. So we see, and we happen to see, the Rabbi Akiva holds, L'chalak Yatzeis, that it's strongly in Av Malach. There's a Yisait of Mitoch. What does Mitoch mean? That since a Malacha is Mutter L'tzorech Ochel Nefesh, on Yatav you can do Malacha which is necessary for food, you're allowed to do that Malacha, at least on a Daraisa level, even when you're not doing it for food. So, for example, carrying. Why are we allowed to carry on Yantif? You carry on Yantif because since I could carry for food, now it's mutter to carry even though I'm not carrying for food. If you hold of mitok, and that's the way we hold, if you hold a mitok, then what's the problem to burn your chametz? I know you're not doing ochel nefesh, but burning is a malacha you would do for food, right? You would kindle a flame to cook. So if, if you're allowed to kindle a flame to cook, mitok kicks in and says, even if you're not doing it to cook, it's mutter on Yantif. So how could Rabbi Yekiva have a problem with burning your chametz on Yantif? Must be, Rabbi Akiva doesn't hold a mitoch. So Rabbi Akiva wouldn't let somebody carry a yantif. They would only let, he would only let you like carry food. But if you want to carry your maxer to shul, according to Rabbi Akiva, it would be us. But if we, we who hold of mitoch, then we don't have a problem with burning the chametz and yantif. That's what the Gemara is saying. Except we don't hold that way. Can we put it aside if we burn the chametz What would we actually do? Is that what you mean? Yeah, we don't burn it. Well, we're going to learn all about that later on. In fact, even tomorrow's daf. So I'll give it, we'll, we'll sneak preview tomorrow, all right? I will get it. We're talking about Melchah Pila, so if it's Eshem of Odeon, he couldn't rely on himself. Solid. There's a Solid question. Solid question. Okay. Okay. Zakti Gemara, Tanra, okay, new topic. Zakti Gemara, Tanra, Abba. We have a Pasuk which says, right, there's two different Sukkim. We're going to look at a Pasuk first that says, Sa'ar lo yimatsei b'vateichem. You can't find Sa'ar in your house. Matam Why do I need a Pasuk to say that? It already says. Now the Gemara is misleading because it sounds like it already said it. It's actually a Pasuk later in the Parsha. But the point is, there's an existence of another Pasuk. It says don't have Sa'ar in all of your boundaries. And the point of the Gemara is, why limit it to the house? Like, what do I need the Pasuk? Don't have chametz in your house. There's a Pasuk which is more inclusive. Don't have chametz in all of, whatever, any, any, anywhere. So the answer is, why do I need these two Pasuk? The Torah said, It should not be seen for you. What does it mean for you? It's only forbidden to have something that can be seen that is yours. It's not usher to have chametz which belongs to Goyim. Or to Hakdish. It's not a problem. So if so, 
So I would, once that drasha is true, and that comes again from the word lecha. So I would say, So now two havamits. First of all, that Pasuk said, lo You can't see for you. So first of all, maybe you could hide your chametz. As long as it's not going to be seen, maybe that's okay. The Torah just said, lo So maybe I could hide my chametz. And second of all, maybe I could accept a deposit from a guy. Meaning once it's not a problem, if it's not lecha, so I would say, if I am watching a guy's chametz for him, and I'm responsible for his chametz, maybe I should be, it should be totally fine, because it doesn't belong to me, technically. Talmud Lomar, lo yimatzei. So we have the Pasuk, lo yimatzei. And from lo yimatzei, we learn both of those things are wrong. First of all, it, does, it says don't find it. So it doesn't make a difference if you put it away in the closet. That's also Aser. And second of all, since here it doesn't say lecha, it just says lo yimatzei bevateichem. We say it's Aser even if it technically doesn't belong to you. Now obviously we walk out with the stira. Is chametz Aser when it, does, when it doesn't belong to you or does it? On the one hand, by Balira it said lo lecha. It's only Aser when it's yours. You're allowed to see the guy's chametz. On the other hand, we're saying lo yimatzei bevateichem is saying it's aser even, even, even if it doesn't belong to you. So the Gemara is going to explain that what it's aser if you've accepted the responsibility of watching it. Meaning, let's say you know we sell our chametz to a guy, we keep it in our house. Well, what do you mean lo yimatzei bevateichem? The tarot is if a fire would break out, you don't have to pay the guy one cent. You're not responsible to watch his chametz. That's totally fine. But if I'm mikabel the achrayas and I'm going to watch it, and if something happens to it, I'm going to pay him back. That's what this Pasuk is restricting. That's what the Gemara is going to clarify. So what do we have? Let's make sure this is clear. Lo l'cha. Lo l'cha. From there, the word l'cha, we learn that I'm allowed to have comments, which, I, which is not mine. As long as I'm not makabal Kabbalah for it, that's fine. Then I have the Pasuk. First of all, it's not enough if you hide it. Hiding doesn't help. And second of all, it's usher, uh, it's usher to be makabal to deposits from a guy of his comments. Fine. Says the Brisa, I would say that's only for a guy that you don't have control over, like a Geratosha, that you don't, like a regular guy. Or one that doesn't live with you, like Mamish by you. If you have a guy's comment that you have control over, or one that lives with you in your own court, how do I know? So, how do I know what? It would sound like from the Brisa, how do I know that that's also Usr? But that's backwards. Which one should I think is more Usr? The guy that I have, that I have more, uh, more connection with or less connection with you. The one you have more connection with should be more also, right? So if we just establish that it's also to be cobbled deposits from a guy, it's a little bit funny that the Gemara is saying, I, how do I know that that's even true if you have control over him? If anything, the opposite. So the Gemara will ask that. Okay, so we're going to have to come back to that part of the bride, so the Gemara will. Fine. Now, if I have the Pasuk of lo why do I need the Pasuk of lo until now, we've said the opposite. If I have a lawyer, why do you need a lawyer? What about the opposite? If I have a lawyer, why do you need a lawyer? Because if it's not, I would say it's only usher if it's in your house. How do I know if it's kept in all, I don't know, caves and pits? How do I know that's usher? So the Torah says, in all of your property. But it says the price of Adayim, but still, maybe if it's in your house, you have you can't hide it. And you can't accept deposits from a guy. But maybe that's in your house. But if it's Bigbul and if it's outside your house, then outside of your house, there there's the din that uh, it's totally fine as long as it doesn't belong to you, even if it is a deposit. How do I know to apply what we learned by one Pasuk over to the other Pasuk? Meaning like this. We learned from Bayi Matze. What did we learn? We learned that you can't hide it, doesn't help their hiding, and B, we learned you can't accept a deposit from a guy. Now, 
How, that, that's only in the house. How do I know to apply those rules over to, let's say, a, a cave? How do I know that, first of all, in a cave, it doesn't help to hide a chametz? And second of all, that I can't accept a deposit from a guy. Maybe I should split it. In the house, it's more chametz. Hiding doesn't help and you can't accept deposit. But in a cave where the Torah just said, Lo elcha, then maybe hiding helps and maybe you could accept the deposit from the guy. So we use a Gizera Shavah. In both cases, as it said, the word Sa'ar. The same way Sa'ar in the house. It doesn't help to hide it. And it's also if you make it for as a deposit from the guy. So too in the cave. So ultimately, there's no difference between what goes on in your house and what goes on outside your house. In the same way, outside your house, it's fine. If you don't have a it as a deposit, if you just randomly have the guy's chametz, it's mutter outside your house. So do in your house. So after all the dust settles, let's make it clear. We have one pasuk, outside your house, from that pasuk, you would think you're allowed to hide, and you would think it's mutter as long as you're not technically the owner of chametz. Then we have another pasuk. So or There we learn that in your house, hiding doesn't help, and that it's usher to be mekabel chametz from a guy as a deposit. But then we make gzera shava, and we mix and match the laws that we learned by both, and we learned that location doesn't matter at all. That's what comes out. It's a non-variable whatsoever in both the house. And in the Gvulin, it makes no difference. The law is exactly the same. You may have chametz of a guy as long as you're not makabal, it is a deposit that you're achrai for. 100% fine. It is, does not help to hide the chametz. It's forbidden even if uh, you will not be able to see it. That's the, the outcome. Now, the language of the Gemara also indicates one more thing, one slight more thing, which is a lot of achrona shahak. If you have chametz in your house uh, that you hide, are you over on two isurim of balira u valyumatse? Are there really two different Yisurim in the Torah? Don't have it, let it be seen, and don't let it be found? Or when I hide, I'm over on the lava of Bal Yimatze, despite the fact that Bal Yirah, I'm not over. Which one is it? Is Bal Yirah, Bal Yimatze now like a package? Like two Los Essays expressing the same idea, just with different words? Or are they two separate dinim? There's Bal Yirah, which restricts me from having comments in an open area, and Bal Yimatze, which restricts me from having comments in a place where, I could, where, where it's theoretically able to be found. Which one is it? How ultimately do you look at it? The Nafkamina would be maybe Malchus, some Malchus situations, but it's a little bit complicated with that. That's a big Achron Shahak, how to look at the Gemara. The Lashon HaGemara is mashma that it's one big thing. Over Bal Yirah, Bal Yimatze, but it's not a thousand percent clear. There's a lot of hak with that, all right? Does the, the Rabbim count as two mitzvahs? That's the question. It's a machlekes if the, the Rabbim says. In, in the Sefer HaMitzvahs, it doesn't look like it, but there's a hak with the, with the, with the, with the Magad Mishnah. Okay, says the Gemara Marmar. Now we have to analyze that part of the Bryce. In the Elbenachi Shaloki Ba'ashra. I would say this is only for a guy that you don't have control over. He doesn't live with you in the Chatzar. But if it's a guy that you have control over or he lives with you, how do I know that's us, sir? Meaning, we just said it's also to be Mechabal deposits from a guy. But maybe that's only for a regular guy. For a guy that you have control over, maybe it's allowed. So the Gemara asks, What direction are you pointing? Meaning, if anything in Svara, the more associated you are with the guy, the worse it should be to be Mechabal is for his comments. 
So Amar Abai, Epoch, you're right. You switch it around to the other way. Meaning what? What do you mean you switch it around to the other way? You say like this. I would say the restriction to have deposits from a guy is only from a guy that you're very connected with, one that's your neighbor or one that you have control over. How do I know it's even a random guy that you can't be mekabalach rise for? It doesn't matter what the scenario is. You can't have it. Okay, that's Abai's answer. Rav Amar, the Olam Lot don't switch it around. It's going back on the ratio. In the case where you're not Makabal Achrai, it's just you have a random comment. And it's saying like this. You're, you're only restricted from your chametz, but you're allowed to have a guy's chametz on that point. In the I would say it's only mutter if it's a guy's chametz that you're not connected to. How do I know if it's a guy that you have control over or you live with? How do I know it's mutter? Meaning, how do I know that if I'm not being the Kabbalah Christ for his comments, it's just randomly in my possession that it's mutter to have that comments, even if it's a guy that I have control over. How do I know that the heter of having a guy's comments that I don't have Akrayas for is true, even if it's the type of guy that I have control over? The Torah answers lo yimatzeh. But the problem is, lo yimatzeh isn't mashma a heter. If we're going back on the ratio, we're looking for a heter to have our comments that I'm not the Kabbalah Christ for, even from a guy that I have control. We're looking for a heter and we're providing which is mashma aser. So the Mara answers, you're right. There's another Pasuk in Parshas Re'eh. And the Torah in Parshas Re'eh says L'cha as well. So we apply from Parshas Re'eh over to Lohi Matzeh here as if it said Lohi Matzeh L'cha which is Mashma I could have a guy's chametz and we say it's coming to give a heter to have a guy's chametz even if it's one that I'm very connected with. Again, all if I'm not Makabal Achrayis. Because it's not L'cha. Yes, exactly, exactly. So bottom line is we come out with the din that it's also, again, a non-variable how connected you are with the gun. If you're Makabal Achrayis for the Chameitz, it's Asr, even if you're not connected to the gun. And if you, 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 you are not Makabal Achrayis for the Chameitz, it's just randomly in your possession, it's Mutter, even if it's the type of guy that you have control over. I, now the Gemara, I keep on saying this, it depends if you're Makabal Achrayis. The Gemara hasn't yet said that. We kind of just been saying, some scenarios it's Mutter to have the guy's Chameitz, some scenarios it's Asr. So now the Gemara clarifies what this point is. I would say it's mutter to be makabal deposits from a guy. It's usher to have a guy's comments. It is mutter to have a guy's comments. Which one is it? What is the case where it's mutter to have a guy's comments and what's the case where it's awesome? It all depends on whether you have a Kabbalah Sakhrayas. Now, what's this idea of whether you have Kabbalah Sakhrayas? If you're going to be responsible, if something happens to the Chameitz, it sounds like that gives a certain amount of ownership, a certain bias to the Chameitz, certain amount. Now, Gemara will clarify this with some sharp lumbers. Kiha, the Gemara first proves it. Rabbah said to the residents of Machoza, the, the, the chametz that's around from the gun, from the, from, the, from the soldiers that's in your rishos, you have to get rid of it. What's the reason? It's not yours, it's the gun. The answer is, since if it would get stolen or if it would get lost, it's considered in your possession that you would have to pay for it, you would have to, you would have to give them money for what happened. It has a din as if it is yours, for Asr, and it's Asr. So what's this pshat? What's the pshat? It's not mine. It's the guy's. I, 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 I'm, I'm a showman. If something happened to it, I would have to pay. The Gemara is saying this idea that since I'd be responsible to pay, if something would happen, that means I have a certain shame bias. So the Gemara asks, So the Gemara throws us into one of the hardest things in chat. 
We have a machlokas Reb Shimon and the Rabbanon in this exact concept. It's called Dover Hagorim Lamamon. What's the case Reb Shimon and the Rabbanon? The case is like this. You have, an, if your ox gores an ox of hectish, you don't have to pay, or steals the ox of hectish, you don't have to pay kefel if it uh, damages it. Uh, you don't have to pay the hectish, so on and so forth. You don't pay the hectish, you pay the regular people. What if, though, the situation is where because of what's going on, the person's going to have to bring another carbon? So that's a davar hagoreim lamama, if you think about it. Who, I, I may not have to pay hectish because... The Torah said you don't pay hektish. But the person whose carbon I stole, I just caused him to have to pay money. Is that, am I chai for such a thing? Or not? I was dover hagorim lamama. So in general, that's my close Reb Shimon and the Rabbanim. What's that? Right, in other words, a guy has a carbon. He, he vowed to bring an olive. So he has a designated olive there. My ox goes and gores that carbon. So I don't have to pay hektish. I don't have to pay hektish. But do I have to pay him? Because what happened? It's a dover hagorim lamama. This owner, what did he have in this ox? Was it his? Not really. It was Hektish's. Once he made it a carbon, it doesn't belong to him. He can't be Mikhailish a woman with it. But it's his in the sense that if something happens to it, he has to make another one. So is that called that the animal has a shame of being his? That's a machlokas from Shimon and the Rabbana. It's called Dover Hagorim Lamam. This animal is not his Be'etem, but it's his that if something happens to it, he'll have to shell out more cash. So it's a certain respect it's his. So that's a machlokas dover gam lamam kivama dami or not. So to buy a shomer. If I'm watching somebody else's things, if I'm not a kabbalah Christ, it's his, it's not mine. But if I'm a kabbalah Christ, in a certain respect, I have ownership in the item. Because if something happens to it, I have to shell out cash. If this can cause me to pay money, then I have a certain ownership in it. That's the lumbus. So if you hold like Rib Shimon Dabar Gamlam good, then we understand what we're saying. But if I hold Dabar Dabar Gamlam Dami, we don't say that. And if it gores my friend's carbon, I don't have to pay my friend because ultimately it's not his. Ultimately it belongs to Hektish. So Michael Amemar. So what's the shot that I can't have a from the, that I have to, what's the shot I can't have the guys come so just because I'm a Kabbalah Achrayas? Says the Gemara, Shani Yachal Dabar Kabbalah Yimatse. You're right. But there's a possible. Meaning, generally in Svara, Dabar Gavim Lamam and Lav But here the Torah said, Lo Yimatse, the extra verse, and we apply it to a case where a guy, where you were Makabla Achrayas from a guy, and you have a Christ. So it's very interesting. It's like, normally we disregard the variable of Dabar Gavim Lamam, but here the Torah showed us that the Dabar Gavim already offers it to have the guy's comments if you're Makabla Christ. Says the Gemara Ikadami, another version, just the opposite. If you will love Kamamadami, it's good. That's why I need the Pasuk of Loyimatse. Because normally it's not yours. So that I wouldn't have thought you're over on the Chamit that your Makabla Kri is from. If I hold Lamali, why do I need the verse? Of course, it's also to be makabel achrayis for the guy's chametz because if you're makabel achrayis for the guy's chametz, it belongs to you. It's a davar garnalam and it belongs to you. Zok the gemara lamdish asvari. It's shachzakol deta chamina holu viise hader beinei laber shusei kai kamash malan. What is the world of this gemara saying? Rashi learns pshat in this gemara like this. I would say davar garnalam only means when the item is gone, like in my case, where my item destroyed the animal, my animal gored the animal. Now I have to pay the owner because I caused him to pay more money. But when I look at the item in its own right, when it's around, who it belongs to, I don't say at the point when it's intact, it belongs to the person that it would theoretically be Karimamun to. The Svara Dami only means if I was Karimamun to that person, if we now look at the animal as if it was his, then I have to pay him. But when the item is intact and in an objective sense, that we look at it like being the owner's animal. So to here, the chametz is intact. 
we should say, since if hypothetically something would happen to it, I'd have to pay him, that makes that right now it has a din that it belongs to me, mechatesi. In the case of the animal with Reb Shimon, the idea is if something happened to the animal, it ended up now creating that he's going to have to pay more money. So we look at it like I hurt his animal because I cause now that he has to pay more money. In our case, I'm looking at the chametz objectively. The chametz is right there. Whose chametz is this? Since hypothetically, if something would happen, I would have to pay, that doesn't make that right now my relationship to the chametz is that it's mine. That's the split that the Gemara is saying. The whole svar of Kagarim is only that klapid, when it gets lost or stolen, we look at it like you did that to the person that now has the repercussions because of what happened. Mm. You still got a